0: Um, I guess I'll just get, uh, start with my background and my history, my childhood history, because it really does, uh, in a huge, huge way, um, help to explain why I'm here today and what, how, why I need to be here today. Um, I was born out in Western Canada, in Edmonton, Alberta, the son of an alcoholic, basically, and alcoholism was something that really ran in my family Um I don't know what the genetic uh, implications of that are, but I do know that there were an awful lot of alcoholics in various uh, areas in in my family. My father was a pretty confirmed alcoholic. He passed away when he was 58 years old. Um, He had some issues with his heart and they were, I think. I can't say that alcohol was the reason that he died, but it certainly didn't uh, contribute anything to his health and I'm sure it might have hastened his uh, his. uh, demise basically I my mother well obviously was born to an uh, was married to an alcoholic, she had a sister who married another alcoholic she had a stepsister who was married to two alcoholics. And there's a couple of other people in my family that I'm not sure about, but I'm kind of wondering about. So there just seemed to be a lot of um, uh, just misuse of alcohol in my family, Um, very dysfunctional. I had a really uh, rough upbringing, quite frankly. I grew up with a lot of um, lack of nurturing, I would say. Um, My parents were people who uh, cynically, I would say they probably Uh, would have been happier themselves if they hadn't had kids. Um, My mother had some serious mental health issues and she unfortunately wasn't able to really even take care of her own uh, needs and certainly and she was not able to really take care of us as uh, too well. Um, So you know I'm kind of I haven't I've only done this a few times so I'm going to kind of stop and start and my memory's not the greatest either so I tend to uh, trip over my words sometimes, but basically, um, I just grew up with a lot of neglect. Um, my father, unfortunately, his mo uh, was he would drink until something happened. Uh, some it was normally along the lines of losing a job, and when he did, his uh, method of uh, operation was basically run home, pack his bags, and run away. He was in and out of my childhood a lot of the time when I was when I was pretty young. I have memories of abuse that happened when he was away that probably would not have happened if he had been there. And, and some of it was pretty horrific of, uh, without getting into a lot of the, the details because they are pretty black. you know, I just suffered a lot of ritual abuse when I was around five years old. Um, it had some uh, religious underpinnings to it too. And it's, it's stuff that I'm dealing with today. Um, when I was about 11 years old, um, My father was born in Ontario, he moved out West and met my mother out there into Western Canada and raised raised a family out there, Uh, one of the times that he unfortunately got drunk lost his job he packed his bags ran back to Ontario when I was 11 years old, we basically moved from Edmonton out to Ontario. Um, I would say like almost like immigrants we packed everything we had uh, in a trunk. Or any everything we I should say that we were going to take with us into a trunk we pretty well left everything behind. Uh, we were like uh, immigrants immigrating to another country. It was uh, it was just such a bizarre situation. We moved to a small city named Woodstock. It had a, at the time about twenty three thousand people there, and it was pretty rough for me. I um, didn't have a lot of friends. I was a pretty withdrawn, lonely kid. Uh, I was bullied a lot. I was beat up a lot. And it was hell, it was absolute hell. I don't know why, but I never got involved when I was younger in in alcohol. I never got involved in any drugs whatsoever. Um, My drug of choice basically has been alcohol all my life. I've never really had an issue with any other um, substance that I got addicted to. And I stayed, um, I managed to avoid um problem drinking until I was 48 years old I'm 63 right now but when I was earlier I I think part of the reason that I never got into a lot of um stuff was I did a lot of psychotherapy when I was younger and I, I dealt with a lot of my early trauma um through that process it was very helpful it was very healing it was very facilitating but I found that uh, there were just some big blocks of just unresolved trauma that just never got resolved, and it's it's just hard to um, to kind of put on a, uh, um, understand why. I think a lot of it might have just been the limitation of the process and the therapy that I did. I did a lot of uh, deep feeling therapy. I did primal therapy. I was in a Gestalt therapy group for for two years, and it did help. It did. Uh, um, I guess the thing that I got more from anything that I never had before was bonding with people, though, so, and that for me has always been the critical connection. And I think it explains a lot of my the uh, my pathological kind of aspects of my uh, my life. Just the just when I get too lonely, uh, it doesn't go so well for me. Um, I did therapy for uh, quite a period of time, about fifteen years. Did a lot of good work somewhere along the line, though, I disconnected from people, and I think part of it was I spent some time out in I moved out back out west uh, in two thousand um, probably just on an emotional level, just wanted to be back to where you know I got torn out of when i was when I was eleven years old. Unfortunately, when I was out there, I sp- spent most of the time alone. I didn't know anybody out there, and I believe that that's really where the roots of my drinking kind of uh, took place uh, with the isolation, with the loneliness. I came back six years later to Toronto and sat down there and just kind of settled down here. And I've been here ever since Um, started drinking around, I would say, around September of 2006. And it was something again that, you know, it was something that I never really had any desire to do to any degree. I was always a, a very light social drinker up until that point. But, I was working and I just got into a habit of pretty well. Every weekday, I would just stop off at a bar and have a couple of beers. And that's kind of how it started. It started very innocuously. It just started very innocently, but it became a habit. And I don't know when it passed from habit to alcoholism, but it did. And it just kind of exploded. Uh, It just got to a point where I just drank every day. And I drank every day for about 12 years. And, And again, over time, because of my drinking, I became more and more isolated. I started to withdraw. Um, I used to work. I just, uh, I've been getting out. I need to go back to work for financial reasons right now. So I kind of got on my resume recently and I was mortified to find out basically I haven't worked since about 2010. I just withdrew from um, people basically and drank every day uh, to deal with my loneliness. I drank every day to deal with, um, which is boredom more than anything. It was just a comfort for me. And it worked for a long time. Uh, I would go through a routine every day. I was, a, you know, you could set your watch to, uh, to my routine, even though I wasn't really doing anything else. I would get up in the morning, and the first thing I would do is if I had any alcohol in the house from the prior night, it would go down the drain. And I would make a decision that I was not going to drink today. And that would last up until about three or four in the afternoon and like clockwork, something would go off in my mind, I'd be off to the liquor store I'd be off to one of my local bars that I would drink in, and I would start the cycle all over again. Um, I crunched some numbers just to see how many uh, one point I I think I did about six months of of just looking at my bar bills to see how often I drank every month and basically I was drinking every day except for three months. um, near the end. it just escalated to a point where near the end, I started to break down emotionally. I was, uh, that's really what I think what the wake up call was for me. Uh, I never got to a point where I don't think my health or my um, life was in any danger. I never got into any catastrophic uh, accidents or any had any calamities, but it just gnawed away at my emotional health, precarious as it was at the time. Um, I went through a period of time where just literally I started crying every day, I was just out of control emotionally, and I didn't know I knew why but I didn't know why I understood. It was likely because of my drinking but it took me a while to just get to the point where I could um, admit that I was an alcoholic. Um, you no, know, a little bit backtrack a little bit. Um, we moved around a lot when I was a child, and we moved from various towns to different towns. My father and I lived in a little city called Aurelia for two years, and I finished high school when I was up there. When I was up there, um, I found Alatine, and the interesting thing was he really encouraged me to to go to the uh, to the Alatine group, even though he wasn't really doing a lot for his own drinking. But um, I don't know, there, there was a part of him that I guess felt that maybe that. You know, I needed I needed some pure support in my life um, and I went. It was a, it was a positive experience, but I kind of nudged up against the religiosity that's in the uh, the traditional uh, literature in that program. Their steps are very similar to AA's, uh steps, and uh, that's always been an issue for me. And I think that was a bit of an impediment for me when I tried to when I was getting to a point where I wanted to reach out for help. Um, I'm not sure how, I'm sure it was on the internet, or I'm not sure when it happened, but at some point I became aware of secular AA. Um, I came into AA, I came into the secular rooms in May 14, 2018, uh, basically, and I felt at home right away. Um, I never looked back from the first meeting that I went to. I felt like for the first time I belonged there. Excuse me. give me a sec, please. Um, my home group, it's beyond belief., uh, we got three meetings a week. Uh, if uh, I know crosstalk a little bit, Bridget comes to our, to our meetings and they see a few other people here who come to our meetings. they're uh, they're in Toronto. Uh, it never um it's just what I needed. It was a perfect storm, the right thing at the right time. I struggled for about six six and a half months. Um, I tried my best to stay sober, but there was always this little voice in my head and uh, I struggled a lot and I outpoured of, you know, just, I felt a lot of just outpouring of grief. Um, I came in, almost from the beginning, I really cut back, I went from drinking pretty well every day to drinking significantly less. But I, I was somebody that just, I think I knew right from the get go, I couldn't drink period, I shouldn't drink period, I never went through a, a kind of the, uh, the 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 state of denial that I guess some people struggle with where, you know, you tell yourself maybe I can learn to, to drink con- in a controlled way or to drink socially, I never had that uh, conflict within myself, and it was tearing me apart, it really um, it, it was just difficult and I remember just uh, I'm so grateful just sitting in some of the meetings that I went through and some of the uh, the meeting after the meeting was just so important for me uh, there's a little coffee shop we have uh, Tim Hortons in, in Canada uh, which is the local probably the main local um, uh, um, coffee chain here and there's one right beside the, the building where my home group is in and I spent a lot of meetings after the meeting in there and and just uh, drinking and kind of the support and and just telling people. And many is the time I would sit there and just tell people matter of factly, when I leave here tonight, I'm going to go to the liquor, I'm going to go to the uh, liquor store and buy some alcohol and go home and drink it. Nobody tried to stop me, um, but it was nice just to have that realness and to have that kind of honesty. Um, the one thing that I learned more than anything is I needed to keep coming back to meetings. That was critical for me. I never stopped and nobody ever made me feel like you know nobody ever guilted me for for drinking no uh, nobody ever lectured me i think a few people kind of got a little bit on me on me in a in a supportive way um there's a fine line that i think uh you kind of walk when you're trying to help somebody but you know they have to make the decision themselves and and you know i just uh i'm just really really grateful to the people that were uh, You know, kind of my mentors in AA and and taught me uh, just just how to figure this thing out. It took me six and a half months. I did an outpatient at a hospital here, which was helpful. It it was for addicts. I think I was in it for about six weeks. Um, I built up, I think, uh, 37 days of sobriety, which for me at that point was huge. Um, Prior to that, I think I had done 20 days and those were the longest uh, periods of sobriety I had. Uh, up until that point, but I went back out a few times. Um, I ended up doing an inpatient. It was to be a 28-day inpatient at uh, uh, a place actually within walking distance of my home group. And it was supposed to have been 28 days, uh, but I cracked. I have a lot of uh, PTSD, and I found it very, very difficult to live communally. Not so much during the daytime, but um, unfortunately, they bunked everybody. in in rooms where there were two or three beds in each room and they gave me a couple of of roommates that I just couldn't deal with and I couldn't handle and I snapped one night um, and I just the the individual I was sleeping with uh, he was a street person his personal hygiene wasn't particularly great he snored and I just thought I can't do this and I grabbed my bag and I just I just left. One of the positives in just on my way out the door, though, was just to have a fairly prolonged discussion with one of the counselors there, and he was really genuine and he was trying to help me and he did say a couple things to me that did stick in my mind, which is one of them was. um, He never you know alcohol he never really grasped. um, Things didn't change for him until he realized alcohol wasn't his problem, his problem was himself. He said that, and the other thing he said, basically said was it didn't change until I realized I can't pick up a drink, period. And that stayed with me uh, In uh, when I left that place. I struggled still after that. Uh, I took neltrexon, which is an anti-craving um, medication in the early days. Actually, I think I was taking it in the, uh, come to think of it in the, in the inpatient I did as well. That did help. And I guess, you know, maybe people would think uh, somebody bailing in a, in an inpatient after uh, five days when you're supposed to be there for 28 days would be a failure. But all I can say is I haven't drank since I got out of there. So it worked for me. Um, I haven't drank since then, um, I, like I said earlier, I've been sober since December 3rd, 2018. Um, uh, I guess um, I don't know how long I've been going here, I guess about 18 minutes or something. I'll just a little morph a little bit ahead to uh, how things are for me right now. You know, as I said earlier, I was kind of going back and forth as, as to whether I should do this or not. And one of the reasons is I'm, I'm trying to kind of find myself um, again in AA because I feel like I'm, I'm very, my, my recovery from alcohol is pretty strong. It's pretty robust. And I think as long as I take care of the basic things, I'm gonna be safe. I don't I don't feel like I'm going to go back out again. Unfortunately, a lot of the um, uh, trauma that I uh, have suffered through in my life as a child has come up again a lot. I just about three, four months ago, I think the middle of July, I started working with a therapist again. Uh, I'm working with an incredibly talented person who's also in the program. She's also in in AA and she's, um, she has an addiction background as well as a psychotherapy background and uh, I feel so lucky that she reached out to me to, uh, to offer to help me. And I'm seeing her usually a couple times a week. Uh, one thing that has come up a lot and I haven't um, is I have a sex addiction in addition to this And I would say that the sex addiction is a lot more deeply rooted in in my existence, in my life and my history and my trauma than my alcohol addiction was. It's something the roots of it have basically been there since I've been a small child. And that's what we're working on now. Uh, So I'm I think about 95 days abstinent from that, uh, which is for me, it's an even bigger mountain to climb. Uh, in some respects, because I think it's a lot more deeply rooted. Uh, and that's what I'm in right now. And I think a lot of it's its just really interesting how a lot of the things that happened when I was in early recovery from alcoholism, they're starting to play themselves out again. In 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 my early um, abstinence from the, this issue that I'm in there, uh, the way my brain is working, my brain circuitry, and just falling into kind of um, mind, a mindset where I just I want to express it. I want to act out, but I'm, I'm, I think I learned a lot when just coming off of alcohol, and I'm not relapsing from that. I haven't, you know, I'm still in early recovery. I'm just over 90 days, but I haven't, uh, re- you know, it's been there right from in my abstinence has been there right from the beginning since I started pretty well working with this person. So, uh, I'm really grateful for the things that I've learned in in uh, in AA. Um, And this taught me that and that's one of the lessons I think that uh, has been really, really valuable for me was just to to learn what I've I've, uh, taken from this and um, I don't know. Um, I haven't done this in a long time. I think it's been several months since I've, um, I've, uh, I've done a, I've spoken at a meeting. Uh, I think I'm just gonna. I'll, I think I'll close it off there. Um, and I, thank you, Bridget, for um, for inviting me to do this. I, like I said, I had some mixed feelings and a fair amount of of anxiety doing this today. But uh, uh, I'm glad that you asked me. So I'll just uh, wrap it up. And it's good to be here.